Welcome, Bird Gang, and welcome to a Football Friday. Maybe the biggest Football Friday to date, considering the stakes in this game. On today's show, we'll get into what is all on the line on Sunday. Mike Jarecki has his three keys for a victory, plus the always popular X Factor. But first, an update on Larry Fitzgerald. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 364, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So we know, MJ, what everyone wants to know here on this Football Friday. And I'm going to be honest, I just don't know. No one knows at this point here as we talk to the Bird Gang on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And yes, I'm talking about number 11, Larry Fitzgerald. We've talked about him at the start of each show this week, but that is just how important he is, not only as a person, but as a player. But at the moment, According to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, Fitz remains on the reserve COVID-19 list. You know, considering when they put him on the list would have been uh, Thanksgiving Day, that's when the reports came out. So you wonder, is this a matter of days or is it, a, you know, a case where, you know, he doesn't have any symptoms, just speculating on my part. And, you know, it's disappointing because, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's had one heck of a career, a Hall of Fame career. And really, if you look at three matchups, it's all inside the division. Now, he's done well against other teams, but his numbers, um, nobody can compare what he's done to single franchises in three of them. And if this is Larry's last year, um, I'm sure it's it's eating him up because he likes the process, meaning he likes to practice, and he loves playing on game day. And there's nothing else he can achieve Um when it comes to chasing Jerry Rice, he wants to get back to the postseason. So um, the sooner the better, because you know how I felt about last week and his own teammate said that he would have been a you know, better option playing in that slot, nothing against Isabella. And there was, there was a couple of plays and I don't want to be beating a dead horse, but when it came to the couple of plays, there wasn't any spacing with the wide receivers. And we know how savvy he could be on third down, but it didn't happen. Um, but I hope he returns soon because um You know, he's not going to play forever. No, we all think he can. And so far, he's all proven us wrong year in and year out that he keeps going. General Manager Steve Kahn with Doug and Wolf this morning on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station asked about Fitz, quote, talking to him, it seems like he's doing well. So we will see where that is today. But we are certainly hopeful. Of course, that meant then a follow up question. Hopeful for this Sunday. And Kime responded, that's sort of out of my pay range or maybe in my pay range, but out of my expertise, end quote. And of course, he's referring to COVID-19 protocols. Certainly, we all wish number 11 the best. We would love to see him on Sunday. But if we have to wait another week, then we wait another week. Yeah. COVID in the NFL is unbeaten this year. That is- it doesn't matter who you are. And it, and it shouldn't matter if you're the 53rd guy on the team or the number one guy. I mean, but you're seeing, you know, star players. I mean, franchise players. Now, you know, Larry's been a franchise player for a long time. Lamar Jackson, you know, uh, the Vikings felt enough to trade Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. So uh, 
COVID in the NFL, and, and that's the way it's going to have to be because you can't have, you know, an entire group or an entire team like we had recently with the Ravens uh, go through this. I mean, it's it's a physical sport, and you got to be up to your best. But, again, like I said, hopefully sooner rather than later when it comes to Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, we'll all keep our fingers crossed for Larry Fitzgerald. But the season continues. The Cardinals now looking at a week three matchup against the Los Angeles Rams. But before we dive into that and your three keys for a victory, plus the always popular X factor, just everything that is on the line here for the Cardinals this week. And this is an important start of the season because this is, as we've been talking about, the start of the playoff season, if you will. It's December football, the first of five games here in the month of December, plus that game on January 3rd, which the Cardinals will be in Los Angeles to close out the regular season against the Rams. But where the Cardinals are right now, they are the seventh seed in the NFC. A loss doesn't hurt them to a certain extent as far as, well, they're out of the playoff picture. But with a loss, then all of a sudden you potentially could be tied with the Vikings, Bears, 49ers. And when you get into tiebreakers, then all of a sudden that becomes a whole different topic and a whole new set of circumstances that, you know, there's first set of tiebreaker, second set, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and so on. And you just can't afford to get into that position. So the Cardinals need to win in order, as we've heard from players and coaches this week, MJ say, control our own destiny. Yeah, and after they beat the Seahawks on Thursday night football, they control their own destiny to possibly win the division. The Cardinals are holding on by a threat. And um, listen, it's going to come down to really a couple of options. We can sit here and say they should go 5-0, and but realistically, the way they're playing – I don't see that. If the one thing we learn about this Arizona Cardinals team, very inconsistent throughout the year, offense, defense, and special teams. So are they going to go three and two? That's nine wins. Or are they going to go two and three, and that's eight wins? Um, And you know how I feel about a Mike Zimmer team. They get better as the season progresses. Kirk Cousins doesn't get the credit he deserves. They've got a really good running game. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it, they control their own destiny, but after they beat the Seahawks, they had a chance to win the division. And I'm not saying I didn't predict any of that, but I'm just saying in general, we got to focus on this year and the expectations are high. Yes, they reached their win total from a year ago, um, but they they built up some credibility and equity with the, with a five and two record. I want to say six and three. And, and right now they don't have a lot to show for, but they're in position. Okay. This is not a lost season where we're focusing on year three with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. We have plenty of time to talk about in the offseason. What they learn from this season? They got to tee it up here. And, and we, I talked about this in the offseason about if you're going to make a run in the division, you have to pass the Rams. Well, how about win this game? And then we'll see what happens in, in week uh, 17. But you know, San Francisco obviously uh, had major injuries. I didn't think they would go 13-3. and three. Seattle, as long as they have Russell Wilson, they're going to be a 9-11, 10-win team. But this is the year you had to make a jump in the division. And right now, the Cardinals third place looking up at both the Rams and Seahawks. And yeah, the Cardinals were 6-3 and three after beating the Bills, and now they've stumbled losing to the Seahawks and Patriots in consecutive weeks. And that is why the Cardinals right now sitting In that seventh spot, the Vikings at number eight. They are home to the Jaguars this week. 
The Bears at number nine. They are home to the Lions this week, and the Bears starting Mitchell Trubisky once again. And then the 49ers sitting at number 10. They will play the Bills on Monday Night Football at State Farm Stadium. And the San Francisco 49ers, not only the injuries that you talked about, but all of the COVID-19 protocols and Santa Clara County basically kicking the 49ers out to where they had to relocate to Arizona to play perhaps the rest of the season at State Farm Stadium. So a great job by Kyle Shanahan, yet at the same time, would love to see the Bills win, (laughs) would love to see the Lions win, and perhaps, you know, it's the Jaguars, but maybe they can uh, surprise somebody and uh, upset Minnesota in Minnesota. All right, so the Lions fired their head coach. And a lot of times, you know, based on former and former players in, in Detroit, they're not surprised about Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. So you got to think Daryl Bevel's the opposite. So if this team comes out and play hard, not saying he's going to be the head coach, but you're going to see a spark from this team. And then you mentioned Trubisky gets to start. Now the game is in Chicago, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a different Lions team where they don't have somebody that's kind of a, been a dictator. It's my way or the highway. That's an early game. So we're going to know more before the Cardinals game starts. Uh, Jacksonville, they got a really good running game. Obviously, they're playing with, a, you know, a young quarterback. Minnesota's, they taste victory here. So I got to think the Vikings are going to roll. That's an early game, so we'll know more before the Cardinals game. And then you mentioned uh, the Cardinals is an afternoon game starting at 2.05. And then, of course, the Monday night game, which we'll have an idea where they stand. So take care of business and don't look behind. Look ahead. Yes. And if you look ahead, then you got an opportunity here to put yourself in position record wise where you're tied with Tampa Bay at seven and five. The Buccaneers are off this week and then also tied with the Rams at seven and five. And in that case, you would own the tiebreaker because the first tiebreaker is head to head and you would have that one nothing advantage with the second game coming up later on in January. Now you look at this series between the Cardinals and Rams. And yes, we hinted at it. It was brought up by the media to the coaches and to the players. It is a one-sided history since Sean McVay was named the head coach back in 2017. He is 6-0 and against the Cardinals. Now, this isn't just saying, hey, the Rams and McVay have the Cardinals numbers, because if you look at it, 2017, that's Bruce Arians. 2018, that's Steve Wilkes. 2019, That's Cliff Kingsbury. This is the first opportunity for the Cardinals to go and play the Rams in back-to-back seasons with the same head coach, oh, and also the same defensive coordinator. Excellent point. And we all know what happened in London. Carson Palmer got hit, uh, got hurt in that game, and then the season really – the fact they lost Carson Palmer, and we know that the Rams have hit the Cardinals quarterbacks over the years, even when Jeff Fisher and Greg Williams were there. But, Craig, the average uh, margin of victory is 23 points. They've outscored them 195 to 56. Now, I get it. Rams went to the Super Bowl. Sean McVay was a hot item. The way his play calling was, they had the first pick in the draft uh, the year prior with Jeff Fisher and Les Snead. They they decided to take off over Wentz. Um, But I think it's different this year. And I do think the Rams have a complete team now. When I say that, maybe Seattle would – getting Chris Carson back they look, and then getting some defensive players back. They may be a complete team. 
because when you look at this matchup, um, the Rams, they're not very good in the kicking game, actually worse than the Cardinals. And so I, I, when I say a complete team, I just think they're much better defensively and they get it done, done offensively, but they're not scoring as much points as they had in the past. So these numbers, obviously, they don't look good on paper, but what have you done for me lately? We live in a microwave society. You win this game. We're not talking about those numbers. The Cardinals win that game. They're not talking about those numbers. And to be fair, when you look at the past, there's very few Cardinal players, Fitz, Patrick Peterson, and there might be a couple others that right now are escaping me, but had been a part of all six of those matchups. There's not many just because of the high turnover, but those two players specifically, and yeah, Patrick Peterson, we, when he addressed the media earlier this week, he brought up and was asked, and I believe it was your question, MJ, just about how well he plays against the Rams, but there have been some games in which the Cardinals have not played their best. Two shutouts in those six games that these two teams have played one another since McVay has been the head coach. And if you look at it, the Rams have scored no fewer than 31 points in any of those six meetings. But this season, brand new, and the Rams haven't hit that 30-point mark in the last six games of their own, in which they're three and three. And that goes back to what you just said. They aren't scoring points because they're turning the ball over. So perhaps if you're the Cardinals right now, I mean, we've been talking a lot about this offense, but this is a game that if you can get ahead early and maybe force golf to be one dimensional and throw the football, especially down the field, this could be a game in which the Cardinals do take care of business at home. Yeah. We know the Cardinals were averaging 29.3 points per game. However, over the last two weeks, only scored 38 total points, and now it's down to about 27-3. So um, 30 is a good number to reach, considering how much scoring is going on. We know it changes in the month of December based on teams running the football more, playing a little bit more conservative if you're in the playoff seating, just to make sure you get a victory. And, you know, the Cardinals will, will find out when they play the New York Giants. But, you know, weather could play a factor for a lot of these teams especially if you're in the AFC or on the East Coast. So it, it changed a little bit. But, you know, one thing I can take away, even though the Rams got out to that good start, uh, last year it was 31-24. Um, and then earlier it was 34-7, 31-9, uh, mentioned 34-0, 32-16, and then 33-0. So um, that's got to change, and it's got to change on Sunday. And don't forget, Murray was less than 100% for that week 17 game last year because he toughed it out due to that hamstring injury. So who knows what that game might've been for the Cardinals to end out 2019 bird gang, a reminder, this is a big weekend at state farm stadium. Of course, the game on Sunday, but the day before Saturday, December 5th from 8 AM to 11 AM state farm stadium. In addition to the Tempe sports complex, the Cardinals and Desert Financial Credit Union are hosting a contactless drive-through toy drive. Mass volunteers will be there to collect and sanitize new unwrapped toys and donations at both locations with all contributions benefiting Helping Hands for Freedom, which is a group serving families of military and first responders. Those that do drop off an unwrapped toy can enter to win items autographed by Buda Baker, Kenyon Drake, Larry Fitzgerald, and Patrick Peterson. More information can be found on azcardinals.com. 
It is a Friday edition, a football Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, week 13. And let's hope, MJ, it is a lucky 13 for the Cardinals. Kurt Warner wore number 13. Game kicks off at 2.05 at State Farm Stadium, 9.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Cardinals 6-5 and five looking to end a two-game losing streak. The Rams 7-4, and four. they're coming off a loss of their own, falling on a last-second field goal to the 49ers. So if the Rams can be in the position the Cardinals are in right now, and that is losing back-to-back games, and the Cardinals can be back in the win column, what needs to happen? Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory. What is number one? You know, Craig, uh, usually when we get – I get into my three keys and then I'll throw in a X factor. It's usually about the team. Okay. But there's so many great matchups in here and I want to get into it for you because I, I, I just look at these matchups and then we'll get into um, some of the keys here. Um, first of all, you talked about it. We've talked about it. Jalen Ramsey versus DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they've gone against each other when they were playing in the same division you know, Kyler Murray versus the Ram linebackers, Cooper Cup versus Byron Murphy. And according to Pro Football Focus, um, Murphy has had a solid season, allowing 37 catches on 56 targets. So that's much better than a year ago. And then you, you look at some of the other key matchups, Leonard Floyd against Calvin Beecham. Beecham's having a really good year. And then Buda Baker versus Jared Goff. I mean, those those matchups, and that's five matchups that really stick out to me that will have some uh, uh, outcome in the game. And when I say the Rams linebackers, Trey Reeder and Kenny Young, um, you know, they they would stay disciplined. And what we're watching teams do is, and Brian Baldinger pointed it out, uh, we noticed that teams, the Belichick blueprint, but what they're doing is, they're rushing, but they're not trying to sack Murray. They're trying to keep him in the pocket, and so he can't get out. And they're and they're going right to the edge. So when he, they flatten him out, he can't get to the sidelines like he used to. And they have guys that can make those kind of plays. Um, their their corners are, are obviously. I think they got a good dual threat there. So that's what you're seeing teams do. So watch watch the. They don't try to sack them. They want to keep him. They want to pin their ears back, go upfield, and then stay. And they're willing to let him run it in the middle of the field, and they're going to tackle him. So that's something that Brian Baldwin pointed out, and I think we saw that from Brian Flores. I think we saw that in the second game against the Seahawks, and I think we saw it last week against the Patriots. That's not so much to rush him, keep him in the pocket, and then eventually make the tackle. But, again, when he flattens out and tries to go to the sidelines, he's not getting around the corner. And the Patriots were really good tacklers last week, not allowing DeAndre Hopkins to get that yards after catch. You surround him and slowly close in on him, and hopefully you keep him to within that five-yard window, plus side, minus side of the line of scrimmage. Aaron Donald, who you didn't mention, but that is one matchup that I guess you could say Aaron Donald versus the entire offensive line, tight ends, and running backs. But he had some interesting comments earlier this week in speaking with those that cover the Rams in Los Angeles saying, we know what we have to do. We know Kyler Murray is very good. He is a great mobile quarterback, yet they've faced mobile quarterbacks before. And he brought up Russell Wilson. So this is nothing new. 
He did, though, talking about Donald, say that Murray is a little bit more of a more of a twitchy quarterback than they face because he can dart and move on a dime probably better than any other quarterback and maybe even better than any other player in the National Football League. So there is a game plan, but you can have it. You can put it on paper. You can put it on the whiteboard. You have to be able to execute. And that's the one buzzword we've heard this week from either team comes down to execution and whichever team executes better, fewer mistakes will come away with the win on Sunday. All right. So those those are just some of the matchups. Okay. Let's get into the three keys. The Cardinals may be only six and five, Craig, but when you look at it, it's the number two offense against the number two defense. Okay, the Rams have allowed the second fewest yards in the NFL and fourth fewest points. So certainly something's got to give here. So my number one key matchup, number two offense against number two defense. And I think it's it will go a long way when you talk about winning at the line of scrimmage. And we know this Cardinal offense can put up about 400 yards per game. That hasn't been the case. Again, 612 yards in the last two games. Um, that's like 200 yards less uh, over a two-game span and only scoring 38 points where they're averaging close to 30. So to me, that's the number one matchup. Number two offense against the number two defense. And the key is fourth fewest points allowed in the league. Yeah, that defense only allowing 4.4 second half points this season, and they've only allowed two second half touchdowns this year. A lot is going to be watched as far as the offensive line, left to right, Humphreys, Pugh, Cole, Sweezy, Beecham, maybe even a Josh Jones as a sixth offensive lineman. But to your point, controlling the line of scrimmage and making sure, one, Murray has time to throw, Two, Murray, Drake, Edmonds, they have rushing lanes to go against a very, very good defense. All right, number two, Aaron Donald averages almost one sack per game. In those 12 games against Arizona, Craig, 40 tackles, 11 sacks, and 23 quarterback hits. Some guys will play a whole season, and they won't get those numbers. Now, The average uh, almost one sack per game, nearly two quarterback hits in his last six games against the Cardinals, seven and a half sacks, 13 quarterback hits, nine tackles for loss. So especially he's been dominant in the last three seasons against the Cardinals. So it's, I don't know if you can stop him. You got to contain him. They're going to have to double team him. And and you may have, you may have to use a, a, an H back, meaning it could be Max Williams um, sitting in the backfield, just waiting for him. Um, because if Kyler Murray's in the shotgun and they get pressure up the middle, he's going to try to get to the outside, and that's where Leonard Floyd and Michael Brocker is going to be waiting for him. They're, they're not going to let him run. So it's important. You're not going to stop the guy. You just hope he's not in your backfield as much as he needs to be. His 10 sacks lead the NFL. Let me say that. Four again. years in a row. As an interior defensive lineman, he leads the league in sacks, and that's just unheard of. Yet he's done it now, as you said, four straight years getting double-digit sacks from that position when he is constantly getting double-teamed and sometimes even triple-teamed here this season. There have been games, however, in which we've seen number 99 watching from the sidelines because the opposing offense has done a good job. Now, you can't completely take him away, talking about Aaron Donald, but if you can just limit 
his production or effectiveness. Slow him down. Even if that means one-on-one coverage on the outside or you need a Drake or an Edmonds to be that blitz protector to allow Kyler Murray to be Kyler Murray. To me, Aaron Donald, if you can really slow him down, then you can slow down this Rams defense overall. You know, uh, I was listening to Dan Orlovsky. He was on a radio show. And, you know, besides Patrick Mahomes, who's the next best player in the league? And he said Travis Kelsey because he does a lot of blocking. Uh, To me, it's Aaron Donald. It's a one-man wrecking ball. I mean, it's – and he's done it now so consistent year in and year out. And he's not the biggest guy. He's not, you know, the tallest or the heaviest. He's just so one. He's very athletic for his size. And he's got such quick ability once that ball is snapped. Even in practice, you watched – HBO's Hard Knocks when they spotlighted the Rams and Chargers before the season began during training camp, how he practices. He's going full speed and helping out the young players, but it's just amazing to watch him. And you know, this is one of those games where you try to watch all 22 players on the field at the same time. Pay attention to number 99. Well, I mean, you watch Warren Sapp in his heyday. You watch John Randall in his heyday. I mean, go back to some of the Packers front four uh, when they were, you know, in their heyday. I mean, I'm not saying he's better than those guys because they did it over a longer period of time. And, and, and the majority are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But he, I mean, he, he, he doesn't play the same position as Reggie White, um, but he commands as much attention as Reggie White did when he was a player. Now, longtime football observers might not like this comparison, but I hear Ron Wolfley talk about the best defensive player he's ever seen. That's Lawrence Taylor, because you had to know where 56 was at all times. You know where 99 Aaron Donald is going to be. But as far as being that disruptive to an opposing offense, I think you can make the comparison as good as Taylor was in his day is as good as Donald is right now. And it's more difficult inside because when Lawrence Taylor obviously played for uh, Bill Parcells and uh, Belichick was the coordinator, I got to think normally he would line up on the right side. You know, the left tackles were big, but maybe they don't have the same feet as they are now in the NFL. But I don't know how much they moved him around. But Donald's sitting in there, and he's got three to four guys that can literally try to attack him. Now somebody would obviously have to, you know – you know, be on their assignment, but it's a little bit different when you're on the outside, like Chandler Jones, you can rush the pass, you move him around. Uh, But Donald's kind of, he's, he's in a box, he's in a telephone booth and he's able to get out of the telephone booth. By the way, we're talking about someone who was the 13th overall pick back in 2014. Wasn't even a top 10 pick, not even a top five pick in 2014 one that speaks to his ability, his work ethic, but it also does show you that you can find talented players outside of the top 10. Well, you know who wasn't in the top five pick or top 10 pick? Patrick Mahomes. He was number 13. No, Cardinals had thir- – wasn't it 11 or 12? Cardinals had 13 that year. Okay, maybe it was just outside of the top 10. Maybe that's just me wishful thinking as far as uh, oh, trust that me. draft. <laughs> it will only cost a third-round pick, but, you know – I know the Saints wanted him, but uh, he was off the board, and they went for Mark uh, Marcus Lattimore. Cardinals took, um, I want to say, Reddick at that time. 
2017 Mahomes top 10 pick. 10? Okay. Kansas City Chiefs. Just look up. And then, and then it was sure. the Saints yeah. and then the Texans. And then the Cardinals at number 13. You know, that that's like fingers on a chalkboard or like picking a scab. Now, the good news, you got Kyler Murray, but the offense would be much more advanced. But, again, can't go back and change history. It's hindsight. No, you're exactly right. All right, so the first key, number two offense versus number two defense. Second key, Aaron Donald. Try to figure out a way <laughs> to stop, contain, limit his ability. Just slow him down. Slow him down, yes. As, as long as 99 doesn't get his hands on number one, I think the Cardinals will be all right. All right, third key for Mike Jarecki. Rams dominate on third down. Cardinals own Redson. The Rams have quietly been a very good third down this season, both offensively and defensively. They rank eighth in third down conversion rate on offense and then picking up uh, first in 45% of the time defensively. They're fourth allowing teams to convert only 35% of the time. As for the Cardinals in the red zone, they score touchdowns on 74% of their red zone trips, which ranks fourth in the league. On defense, teams are scoring just 53% of the time when reaching the red zone. Good for fifth in the NFL. So Rams dominate on third down. Cardinals own the red zone. And the Cardinals, when they get inside that 20-yard line, cannot settle for field goals. Even if it's the 18, the 17, you have to be able to punch it in. They were not able to last week against the Patriots. We all remember how that first half ended. Kenyon Drake stopped on fourth and inches, and that certainly turned the tide in the Patriots' favor, and the Cardinals suffer their fifth loss of the season. So I like it. Red zone efficiency and then winning on third down against a very good third down defense for the Cardinals. And then once again, all comes back to what this offense we know is capable of doing we just haven't seen it the last two weeks. All right, those are Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory. Now we need to know the X factor in this Week 13 matchup. Cardinals secondary against Jared Goff. You're going to have to force him to make some turnovers. We know he's turned the ball over um, over the last four games, I want to say, ten times. Um, Correct. It's been interceptions. It's been fumbles. And I, I think he gets a little skittish in the pocket, so – yeah, you got to win up front, but the Cardinals secondary, they can't allow guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup to run free. And it wouldn't surprise me. And the Rams are running more 11 personnel than I thought. They're only, they're running about 70% of the time and only 29%. They're running with two tight ends with uh, Higby and, and Gerald Everett. Uh, we know those have been issues in the past, but Cardinals secondary against Jericho, they have to force turnovers the Rams average about, you know, 11 possessions a game. Cardinals are right there if you could take a possession away. And, again, when it comes to special teams, um, the, the both kickers are right pretty much even, close to 74%. That should be a lot better. Well, you look at why the 49ers were able to get the win last week over the Rams in Los Angeles. is because Jared Goff turned the ball over three times, two interceptions, one fumble. You give short field position or you stop possessions – and all of a sudden, you're allowing the other team to hang around or take the lead. 49ers got off to a big lead. They were up 17-3 to at one point, and they win 23-20. So, yeah, Jared Goff has been prone to turn the ball over. His 14 giveaways tied for the second most in the NFL. 
tied with Kirk Cousins and trailing only Carson Wentz. So if you can get a couple of interceptions, that Cardinal secondary, linebackers, maybe bat some balls at the line of scrimmage, get some blitz and ball pops up in the air like Marcus Golden was able to get his first career interception last week. I think that would go a long way for the Cardinals to come away with the win on Sunday. Yeah, and I don't need to remind uh, uh, any uh, Cardinal fans because Vance Joseph, he's going to blitz. He's going to bring four or five or six. He doesn't want – and, again, I, you know how I feel about sacks. So let's try to get the forced turnovers. Let him get a little skittish in the pocket, and that will go a long way. And, and the Cardinals cannot fall behind in this game because then they're playing to their strength, which is they don't give up a ton of points in the second half. So we can sit here and talk about all these different stuff. Um, they're going to have forced, they're going to have to force turnovers in this game. And, you know, I'm not saying they got to win, you know, get three or four turnovers because the Cardinals could obviously turn the ball over, but you, you got to force golf into some, uh, some turnovers and that will go a long way. Cardinals won the turnover battle last week against the Patriots, unable to come away with the victory. So it doesn't always equate, but to your point, if you're limiting possessions and getting that offense off the field and putting your offense on the field, I certainly like your chances when you have the football as opposed to the other team. And last week, uh, we got to go back, Craig. Last week is the first time in a long time that Kyler Murray did not have a rushing touchdown or a passing touchdown. Yeah, first time all season without a passing touchdown last week. And third time, if I remember correctly, that he didn't have a rushing touchdown. So, look, he's the head of the snake. And the last two weeks, he's been cut off by the Patriots and the Seahawks. Curious what the Rams decide to do. And, of course, they have a brand-new defensive coordinator. Wade Phillips no longer on that sidelines. They've got Brandon Staley now, his first year. And, yeah, he inherited a good defense, but I think they're playing a lot better than perhaps they played last year. And no disrespect, because Wade Phillips was one of the better coordinators. Um, I want to say until Sean McDermott there, he had the best record as a head coach in Buffalo. He never wore a headset. (laughs) That's showing a lot anyways, of confidence. Anyways, this guy's half his age. And I, and listen, God bless Wade because he wants to get back in. And maybe a team will hire him as a senior assistant. This guy's 36 years old. And they have a young staff. Um, and maybe a certain positions, you got some veteran guys. Um, but he can relate to younger players. I'm not saying Wade couldn't. Um, but he was kind of setting his ways a little bit. Bird Gang, we invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. A Football Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Don't mean to put you on the spot, MJ, but do you have a feel one way or the other, I know we're 48 hours away from game time and kickoff, but uh, how you feel about this game, considering the homework that you've done leading up to this week 13 contest? I just think it's a different year. You know, I, I want to pick the Cardinals, but I, they got to show me, Craig, uh, you know, but that's fair. I, I like the Rams in this game. I, I just think they got to show me and you know, it doesn't mean I'm right or going to be wrong. I'm just, I'm not, I'm just giving my thoughts. I, I, they got to show me. And, and I've been maintaining since the off season, if you want to make a jump in the division right now, they're third overall, uh, you got to beat the Rams. Uh, they've been a thorn in their side for the last three years. Uh, and give them credit. 
Uh, they made it to the Super Bowl, and they usually win their nine, ten games a year. Last year, they would have got in and they didn't win ten games. So, um, you know, again, if the Cardinals can take care of business, uh, this will go a long way when it comes to making the playoffs. You talk about, you know, two and three or three and two, you got to show me first. And get that monkey off their back as far as trying to beat the Rams for the first time under Sean McVay, and we can stop talking about that and referring to that statistic. So we will wait and see again. 2.05 is the kickoff on Sunday. Before we close up this edition on a football Friday, I do want to point out the importance of this weekend for the Cardinals and the rest of the league. Fifth straight year, My Cause, My Cleats initiative. Cardinals have 28 players participating. If you've been paying attention on the Cardinals social media, they've been retweeting a lot of players, showing off their cleats and their different causes. Kyler Murray, by the way, and you directed me to this, MJ did a great interview with CBSSports.com. His initiative, Call of Duty Endowment, supporting veterans in need, especially during this holiday season. So a lot of players participating, and it certainly does highlight a number of different causes. Kenyon Drake talked about it earlier this week as far as his work with pediatric health and the Phoenix Children's Hospital. Kelvin Beecham discussed on how he wants to solve or bridge the digital divide as far as lower income families in this age of technology and everyone being at home and having to work remotely and doing schooling at home. So it is good that the NFL is doing this and props to the players as well for putting themselves out in front for a number of these causes. Well, we, I, we learn a lot when it comes to, you know, um, my cause, my cleats. You can see where people, uh, guys that grow up, whether it's, you know, in different uh, situations and how they want to give back to certain communities and certain foundations. And I never thought about Call of Duty. I just thought it was a game that guys play in here, guys that are in the military that obviously put their life on the line where there's jobs out there now. And, and Colin Murray's promoting that. And, you know, we'll listen to Calvin Benjamin, who's a great talker. Um, you know, I, I can just sit back and listen. And he just talked about the, the internet service and in, in different tribes in different areas in Arizona, where these kids are trying to homeschooling or, or go to a, you know, a place they can use a computer and there's no internet. I mean, we don't even think about that. Every every show we've done has been on the internet. So we take stuff for granted all the time, but I'm glad these guys were able to, uh, to vo voice their our thoughts. And, uh, you know, you learn a lot about different uh, foundations and, and, and what guys uh, obviously have a lot of interest in is they're not just football players. They're a people. Yes. And that's the most important thing. And because they have a platform, they yeah. can, their voices can be heard and a little bit louder than, uh, someone next door. Appreciate it, Bird Gang. As always, it's been a long week, certainly longer because of what happened a week ago losing in New England, but uh, certainly looking forward to this matchup. And uh, well, let's hope on Sunday, Cardinal Talk MJ, we're talking about a Cardinals win and moving up that playoff picture into a first, or I should say, into a tie with both the Buccaneers and Rams. That's the beauty of the NFL, Craig. Um, we all think we know, and then you, you get to a game on Sunday, but that's the beauty. You put last week behind you, and you focus on the next game, and uh, we know the NFL's full of upsets and, and close games, and that's why I like the NFL. You get a week to chew on it, and then you play the game, and then we'll find out what's going on, and hopefully we have a great post-game show coming up on Sunday night. I echo that. 
as well. And on that note, Bird Gang, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We will speak to everyone on Cardinal Talk and then again next week here on Monday. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.